Hello, Chatty Cathy's. Welcome, welcome to Mini Gabs. They have many gabs, and we'll see how long this mini gab ends up being because mini always ends up with a pretty good length. My name is Natalie. I'm Kina. And I'm Marie. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Marie is our Patreon guest of the week. We're so excited to have you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right before we started recording, I was like, your accent is going to initiate the hillbilly. So my accent is going to steadily get worse. I can just tell. Sorry. Yeah, hills engage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the hills are alive with Keena's accent. Mm-hmm. And we have um, a drunk dive coming up, so we're both going to be a uh, sip, and, sip and, and I got my buckies. Woo! I want buckies. <laughs> I have the mug. All hail the hey. beaver nugget. The beaver nuggets are great. I love Bucky's. I finally built one um, on the way to Gulf Shores. Massive Bucky's. And it's like a rite of passage. Anytime I go near there, I'm like, y'all, we got to go to Bucky's. (laughs) (laughs) Everything I've had at Bucky's has been hilarious. That's why I I take people there and I'm like, who am I now? Like, they come to visit me and I'm like, oh, there's the Alamo, but this is the Bucky's. Come go see the beaver. (laughs) Yes. The Alamo is a lot smaller than what you think. Go to the buggies. It really is. <laughs> I always take everybody to the other missions first so that they're mm-hmm. not as impressed with the Alamo. Yeah. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like we get all these monuments built up in our heads. And then when we actually go to them, it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like moments like that, I always think of um, family vacation, like with Clark Griswold, when they go to the Grand Canyon, he's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> open and you just, yep. Let's say, all right, get back in the car. <laughs> uh, you're good. <laughs> we went on a band uh, trip to Washington D.C. when I was in high school, and um, we went to Ford's Theater, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, it's Ford's Theater!" And you walk in, you're like, "Oh, <laughs> this isn't that big." Okay, we'll crap. Yeah, isn't it <laughs> sad when you build something up and it's big letdown? You're like, yeah. "Oh." Yeah, like the Grand Canyon being just a hole in the ground. Thanks, Frankie. <laughs> Thanks, Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Just a reminder, we are live for Patreon. So if we're answering imaginary people, they're commenting. So we're not crazy. We are, but not that crazy. I was like, they're actually imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> All right. So, Natalie, what did you find this week? Mine's a little bit of a downer. Maybe <laughs> Um, well, for Black History Month today with the kids after school, we talked about we did a program called Jazz It Up and we did jazz paintings and we talked about different instruments and some famous uh, jazz musicians. And so I have a little list of some awesome jazz musicians from an article that I thought people might find kind of interesting. Love jazz music. And it was Mardi Gras yesterday. So totally yes. fitting. Uh, yeah, this past weekend we had Marty Paul's. <laughs> so we had we made little animal Mardi Gras masks and we had like 30 different animal puppets and so we had our own little puppet Mardi Gras Mardi Paw Parade and made forts and other cute animal Mardi Gras things but anyways really sweet. it was pretty adorable it was <laughs> alright so our first awesome musician is uh, Scott Joplin from 1868 to 1917. And he is considered probably like the first composer of jazz. He did ragtime music. And many of his compositions, including Maple Leaf Rag and The Entertainer, were published and sold across the country. Ragtime, although it's based on European classical music, it led to the development as what we know of jazz, especially the piano stride. So I thought that was cool that it started... That is a black man, and then in the 1800s, I'm like, that's awesome, like kind of starting it, the musical movement. The next one is Buddy Bolden. He's 1877 to 1931. He is a trumpeter and is credited with bringing a loose, raw approach to instrumental jazz with this loud tone and definitely on improv. He infused the ragtime with blues and like gospel and organized ensembles consisting of all kinds of brass instruments, clarinets. And he really also 
he was like kind of our next big time influencer in jazz music. This next one, I thought he was really cool. King Oliver, uh, 1885 to 1938. He's best known as being a band leader. And but what was really cool is that he was Louis Armstrong's teacher. Oh, cool. That's awesome. So I'm like, that's real. To me, that was like, oh, man, let's yeah. like mentor. And so he was responsible for launching Armstrong's career by featuring him in his band. And Oliver played with many of the great musicians of early jazz, including like Jelly Roll Morton. <laughs> I, love the, I love the nickname. It's Jelly Roll. <laughs> um, he famously turned down a regular, a regular gig at New York's Cotton Club in 1927 uh, that was snatched up instead by Duke Ellington. So I was like, ooh, another big name drop. Have you ever watched Big Mouth? Yeah. <laughs> the, ghost Guiltily, Duke, yes. the ghost of Duke Ellington is in this attic. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I got introduced to Big Mouth when I was sitting at the tattoo parlor. Oh, wow. Let's <laughs> like, watch Big Mouth. I said, okay. So he's like, we're like watching Big Mouth while he's tattooing me. So. Man, yeah, that shows a lot. <laughs> it's funny, but I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> No, right? Oh, it's like this would never be on TV. Mm-mm. Netflix is really oh, pushing no. those boundaries. No. Well, it's Netflix. They can do whatever they want, really. Oh, yeah. True. Except smoking on TV. I think they've now outlawed that. So there's no smoking on their shows anymore. Oh. Which, which I think is dumb because when they did that, I was watching a a show that takes place in the 50s. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Oh, it was Stranger Things. Oh, okay. um, um, so back in the 80s, and everyone smoked in the newspaper, you know, in the room, like everyone smoked everywhere. Which, you know, that's still actually kind of a more recent thing where they started, you know, separating smoking and mm-hmm. then now less and less smoking. So, mm-hmm. but when you do anything past like 2000, if you're doing any kind of show, like everyone smokes everywhere. Yeah, like even when I was a teenager, you could still like smoke on one side of a restaurant. Yeah, no, they had a smoking section. Yeah, like, like that really did so, me thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember when my hometown went smokeless in restaurants, and I thought my dad was going to lose his ever loving mind. <laughs> what do you mean I can't smoke in the damn restaurant anymore? I'm like, go outside. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it did not go well in my hometown either. <laughs> Yeah, my dad was pissed once when he was a smoker. And when he got, we got put in the non-smoking section, he looked for the ashtray and he went, God damn it. But that's cool. And my mom calmed him down and was like, you can just take some cigarettes, smoke when we when we're done. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, but it was like our best meal that mom and I've ever had because it's like fresh air. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really not regretting that you don't have an ashtray. Right. Oh, yeah, Frankie, just like, I remember the smell of bars back when you could smoke with them. Yeah, it was just a giant cloud of smoke. You couldn't see anybody. <laughs> like, it was, yeah. Oh, it's not a good time. You can still smoke in some of them. Yeah, you can in Little Rock. I remember at Mountain Home, like, but mm-hmm. back then you could get into bars when you were 18. You just couldn't drink. So, oh, really? Yeah. I'm old. Back then, they didn't give a shit what you did. Yeah, no, when I was in college, it was the same way. Like, you're 18 to get in, 21 to drink. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, God, yeah, people were smoking. And it was just like a cloud of haze. It's like, I need to find my people. I can't see. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we had this one bar. And so my best friend was older than me. So she could, like, get in and drink and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I was, like, you know, a baby. But she would do karaoke. But then on the fly, she would change all the words to be about somebody. Like, (laughs) So she used to do, like, J-Lo songs and change all the words just like like that and make them about me. (laughs) So funny, uh, yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Ray, you were you were a legend. <laughs> she was so funny. <laughs> it makes me think. Um, I think it's in New York is where this is happening. But I have a friend that went to a restaurant in New York City, and they had a family section. They separated singles and families, and I'm like. I love that. Like, I, you want- no more screaming children. <laughs> <laughs> no. And by people like back, 
lash the restaurant like how dare they separate it or like judge people for having four kids and I'm like I don't want to sit next to that that's fine I think that's totally okay you have a family room and bless those people's hearts who ever have to wait in that room too oh like my God. spoiler alert we're about to do our drunk dive and we're doing American Tale and <gasps> the first thing that popped in my head is that little mouse kid Fievel's running away and his parents are like chasing him and like god damn it stop it and I'm like this is why kids are just you know, they ask a thousand questions and then they run away and you're just like, what the fuck? Where are you going? And then they, oh, that. I'm okay with the questions. It's like everything. And then they end up singing the most depressing song in animated history. Anyway, jazz. Okay. Jazz hands. I'll just do one more. James P. Johnson. He was really cool. I actually remember studying him and he was uh, growing up listening to Scott Joplin's rags. So like he was just a kid when some of those first musicians I was talking about. So he was inspired by them. And he was one of the originators of the stride piano style. Mm -hmm. And his music would use most of the conventions of ragtime and also included improv and elements of the blues and the music of uh, Fats Waller, Duke Ellington and Monk is due to a large part of his work too. And there's just really cool. Like Jelly Roll Morton is another good one. Sydney Belch or Betchett and Louis Armstrong, of course. Frankie Trombauer is probably the only one that's listed here that is actually not black. Oh. But he's mostly known because he's just an amazing trumpet player. These other folks are really great for being their band leader or musician or composer or all of the above. And I don't know. I just love jazz. I used to play in a jazz band in school. And... It's just one of my passions. And my dad used to play swing music and stuff like that all the time when I was a kid. That's so cool. Cool. Fun to talk with the kids about it. We like, as we were listening, a lot of my, the kids today were a little too young to fully appreciate it. But I got to ask them like, all right, what kind of instruments are we learning? Are we listening to? And it took them a little bit to get going, but they eventually named just about all of them. And anyways, it was just fun. It was neat. We painted all kinds of instruments and jazz stuff that was really abstract, but I loved it. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. Jazz is one of those things that just brings me so much joy. Um, And I feel feel like people either really hate it or they love it. I love it so much. I just, (laughs) one of these days I'm going to get down to New Orleans and see like the second line with like the trumpet. Oh, I just need to see that in person. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, even down in Memphis, they have a good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get my dad is a terrible influence. <laughs> As a teenager, I was sixteen. He took me bar hopping. Oh, that's great! <laughs> it was actually a really amazing weekend. We we saw Eddie Izzard first time I ever saw him live, and then after the show, we went bar hopping and we saw all these amazing live musicians down. What's the one in Memphis? Beale Street. Yeah, yeah Beale Street. Yeah, because bourbon is in New Orleans. Beale yeah. is in Memphis, and Dixon is Fayetteville. I don't know. I haven't mentioned that one, anyways. But yeah, we went from bar to bar, and I remember I saw these dueling pianos that devil went down to Georgia. It was so good. It was awesome. Sir, you're gonna need to stop crying. So if you hear him crying, he's mad because Zeke's not here. Um, I'm not good enough. So, yay, military. Every time we gone, there was a tantrum the whole time. Yep. So, just ignore the crying. <laughs> yeah, just shut the door on my cats because <laughs> we'll sit there and just like, she doesn't meow, she beeps. <laughs> and so, she'll just sit there and beep and sound like some kind of random bird call. And oh, that's amazing. And like, just so sad. So, I'm like, just, just shut the door. <laughs> so, no one hears this, you know, happening in the background. All right, so my discovery changed last minute because I got a Google alert that something really huge happened today. So Congress made lynching a federal crime today. That's right. Today. Took long enough. (sighs) 65 years after the Emmett Till incident, Congress previously failed to pass anti-lynching legislation nearly 200 times, starting with a bill introduced in 19. 100. 1900 by North Carolina Rep. George Henry White, the only black member of Congress at the time. 
the whole sentence makes me almost nauseous that <laughs> 200 times people are like, nah, let's not make that illegal. <sighs> yeah, I've, I've read a new story about that today where there's already some representatives claiming states' rights, that it's an infringement on state rights to oh um, decide whether or not lynching is a hate crime. I'm like, well... <laughs> I happens to be somebody out there that doesn't know who Emmett Till is. He's basically a young 14-year-old boy who was from Chicago. His family is very well off. And he was visiting family in Mississippi. And pretty much he was in a grocery store and he was checking out. And the cashier accused him of flirting with her. And then her husband and the brother and a bunch of people knocked on the family's door and was like, bring him out. And they were like, he's not from here. He doesn't understand. And basically all the men dragged him out of the house. They made him carry a 75-pound cotton gin fan back to the river, ordered him to take off his clothes. They beat him nearly to death, gouged out his eye, shot him in the head, and then threw his body tied to the cotton gin fan with barbed wire into the river. Mm -hmm. It was horrifying. And the men got off because they claimed that he was assaulting the white woman but the thing that makes me nauseous about this is that even today there's a memorial Mm -hmm. at the river where he died and they can't keep it up because people vandalize it every year Mm -hmm. and this year they made it bulletproof and people painted over it so no matter what they do they cannot keep this memorial up so it's just horrifying i don't understand i can't comprehend the kind of hate this little boy he didn't he didn't do anything and even on the deathbed the woman admitted that he did nothing she was Mm -hmm. just afraid of him and it's just 65 years after 14 year old emmett till was lynched in mississippi congress has approved legislation designating lynching as a hate crime under federal law the bill introduced by illinois representative bobby rush and named the till bill comes 120 years after Congress first considered anti-lynching legislation after dozens of similar efforts were defeated. The measure was approved 410 to 4 on Wednesday in the House, so Wednesdays today is when we're recording this, and now goes to the White House where President Donald Trump is expected to sign it. I'm a a little interested whether or not he will sign it or not, Mm -hmm. because people are pushing back, so I guess we'll see what happens with that. The Senate unanimously passed legislation last year. It designates lynching as a federal hate crime punishable by a life in prison, a fine, or both. (sighs) And I'll put this up on the website. It does have a photo of Emmett Till and a lot of information. But yeah, this is just something. It's happening today. Mm -hmm. And it just blows my mind that this is not a crime already. I am. I'm from, well, I grew up in Alabama, lived in Mississippi for about 15, 16 years now. And so Emmett Till is very much a part of Mm -hmm. our story. And the woman who accused him was a cousin of our former governor. Oh, my God. And that came out, like, during his term. And we were like, okay, are you going to say anything about this? And he, he never really, like, responded to it at all. And... Yeah, and Mamie Till, his mother, Mamie Till Mobley, was just, she is an icon of strength. And she asked that Emmett's casket be open because she wanted people to see what happened to him. And there are pictures of him in an open casket, and it is gruesome. It is on the internet, so I urge you that if you Google it, please do so with the most discretion ever Mm because it is horrifying. It is horrible. But it also, I completely understand because if you don't, like, the mother, she mm-hmm. wanted people to see what they did to her baby boy. And mm-hmm. I feel like I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Um, we just got a new civil rights museum in Mississippi. And you can go in there and the doors to the store for Money Mississippi are there. So you can see the doors that he walked into. And that whole experience is, you know, heartbreaking but if you go to montgomery alabama you can walk through the national equal justice initiative and that's where the national lynching memorial is and you walk in and it's by um listed by state and there are these huge iron pillars and they're hanging so like you start off like even with them and then you just keep walking underneath them so you look up 
and they're every county for every state. And they list oh, wow. the names, everyone who was reported lynched in those counties. And they made two sets of them. They made the ones that hang and then they made some that they set out to the side and they've told these counties they can come get them. Come get your monument. And so you can guess how many have actually come to get there. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. So those go up to the 50s. And then there's a smaller area over to the side where there is all more of the 1950s and onward lynching victims are listed in a separate area. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they have a they have that museum and then they have the Equal Justice Initiative Museum, which is in the old cotton warehouse where the slave auctions took place. And so you're walking through all this and they have a wall that is just jars of dirt from places where people have been lynched. And the jars like have the name of the county and the state and who was lynched there. When I was there, there's this middle kiosk thing, you know, because all museums have things like tell stories and interactive things. Mm -hmm. And one of them was from my hometown and it was a story I'd never heard. And I was like, oh, okay, Gadsden. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about this. That was, that was kind of jarring. But I recommend that to anybody. Go to Montgomery go to those museums, go to the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum. It's it's really awesome. Hard, but yeah. needs to be seen. I absolutely agree. And uh, in Arkansas, one of the most horrific race riots in American history happened in Arkansas. It was called the Elaine Race Riot. Mm-hmm. And one of, when I was in the public history program, one of our professors unearthed all the information. And so our I wasn't in the class. I couldn't get in because I started a semester after it started. But they basically figured out who each victim was mm-hmm. and they raised money to get them gravestones. And then they've been collecting a, enough information to make a digital exhibit to show their name, show who died. Um, so if you're ever interested, there is a online exhibit through the University of Arkansas Little Rock Center of Arkansas History and Culture. It's really all, all this stuff is just so... It, oh. Yeah. It's like, you know, we keep saying you have to be uncomfortable to learn things. So things like this people need to learn about. It's a it's a difficult thing for historians because history was written by certain people and it's not necessarily the real history. So people are trying to go back and not necessarily change history, but correct the narrative. because Take off the like, polish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take yeah, like, yeah, I feel like it's been polished and like mm-hmm. it wasn't as bad as what we... It could be or something, but mm-hmm. this makes me think of something. It's it's a little bit different, slightly off topic, but um, like I've been watching this show, Hell on Wheels. I've mentioned it a couple of times. Yes, I love and, it. And yeah, it's an amazing show because mm-hmm. it takes place right after the Civil War. So you're, you have the freedmen and you're learning how to cope with them being free and it's a lot of like rough structure and, and everyone's racist. Everyone hates everybody mm-hmm. or nationalists, I should say, because like Irish and the Germans and the Swiss, and, like every single type of nationality, race, whatever color, y'all, they all hate each other. No, not Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> Outlander. Um, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so good. <laughs> but. I'm now in the final season and we finally have gotten to the Chinese and I knew that that was pretty bad for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with the railroad workers, which is what this show is about. It's all about building the railroad across the nation. Um, in California, they did not consider, this is after the civil war. So people can't own people. Like we have acknowledged humans are human, but if a murder happened and the only witness was a Chinese person, they were not a credible witness. They were not considered people. This was a state law in California. And at one point, they practically outlawed immigration from China and California to try to prevent less Chinese. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm watching this last season where we're really talking about, I just started it, so we're talking about the issues with China. And I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, oh, my gosh, was it really this bad? And Yes, it was. I was Googling it. I'm like, good Lord. Yep. People are terrible. 
And like, didn't we just learn our lesson about not owning people? Like we, and I like, there's a line that, uh, that goes into that where he says, like, people don't own people. We just had a war about this. Like, that's actually a line in the show. Yeah. It's, a. Uh... Man, history is depressing. Why is this the podcast about history? No. I didn't pick it. <laughs> Why did, did not I pick do it? this? <laughs> you know, we're talking about that. I um, I spent the summer in Hawaii doing my hospital <laughs> faculty internship, Why? and um, learning about that history and how much colonization has done and the damage it's done. And, you know, learning about the sovereignty movements and just mm-hmm. everything that has, I, when I was there was when the uh, Mauna Kea protests started oh, okay. and they're still going. So, but like just seeing like a people that was just completely, their kingdom is overthrown, their queens overthrown, everything is overthrown just because people wanted their lands and they had a plantation system in Hawaii too. So like just because they wanted all of this stuff, they they weren't allowed to speak their language, they weren't allowed to do anything, you know, and mm-hmm. ugh, ugh. Yeah, my uh thesis advisor <laughs> is doing research on that language. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a pretty cool dude. So I think he's taking a sabbatical to go there and study it some more. But it's cool. Oh, it's kind of like Valentine's Day. It's like, uh, instead of Valentine's Day, it's like, happy day. Uh, Kevin Cook got murdered for trying to kidnap Hawaiian people. God damn. <laughs> he got all mad. He kidnapped the prince, dragging him to the boat, and then he got murdered. People were like, oh, no, why is this happening? Well, don't fucking kidnap people. Well, and like all the missionaries coming from New England to Hawaii to Christianize and... They did it all because of a book they read that was a journal by someone from Hawaii who came and then he got sick because he didn't have the immunity to our diseases mm. and died in New England. And so they were <sighs> like, we're going to do this. And then they go do it. Sarah Vowell's Unfamiliar Fishes is the best book about this. Oh, cool. I have not read that. It. It's really good. Ooh, I'll add that to my list. Mm-hmm. Man. History is depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why, like, God, like the last freaking art history thing I did for Patreon, I was crying at the end of it, and then I was too tired to redo it. So it's just me blubbering at the end because everybody dies. <laughs> so yeah, that's not me faking. I'm literally crying, but I'm just oh, I I'm too much of an empath, and I'm too much of a bleeding heart to. It's like talking about Emma Till. It's like, don't cry, don't cry. You're live. They can see you. <sighs> Is there anything happier in history that you've studied? Um, <laughs> the Oneida community. Have y'all y'all did cults before? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this they were um, they started up in the 1850s, and like Oneida silverware, Oneida teapots and stuff mm-hmm. started from a vegetarian sex cult. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's information I didn't know I needed. They started, um, (laughs) God, they're so crazy. So um, it's in this whole second great awakening thing. New England is getting completely burned over. There's a book about this called the burned over district. It's all about the different religious revivals that are happening. And, um, this one group of utopian people are like, Hey, let's live together in Oneida, New York. We're going to start this thing. And guess what? We're going to practice free love because the millennium has already happened. And um, we're also going to practice. God, what was it? Oh God. It's something about continents where the men were not allowed to release themselves and everything was about the females you know contentment which I was oh well that's a change I know right um but then they also did this with the free love that meant like basically the head of the group was John Humphrey Noyes and he could pick and put people together even if you came in together married 
like oh. you could be put with someone else and have their children. And yeah. And uh, they also did this thing called um, mutual criticism <laughs> where they would get you like, say I walk, I got picked for mutual criticism. I would walk into the room in the great hall. The entire community is there. And what they do is they go, you know what? I don't like this about you. Everyone in the community can sit there and bitch about you. I'm pretty sure that's called like hazing. <laughs> it's called Facebook. <laughs> oh man. And um it's wild. You can tour the Oneida house still. You can go tour you can stay there if you want. Oh. Um so oh. they'll show you like all the like places where they hung like there we hung our herbs here and we did this and here's where you know the Serpitude happened over here. And um, I wanted to do my thesis on them. And I was like, maybe let's see what they thought about the Civil War. Because they were like, a community. Da, da, da. Well, they decided after the group disbanded, let's burn all of our papers and stuff. Because we don't want some of this getting out. So they literally oh, no. burned a ton of stuff, like diaries, letters, all kinds of stuff. Oh, so hard to find things. But one, a few diaries have started coming out. Oh, okay. Someone finally wrote a book about one. It's called Without Sin. And he was able to get a hold of some diaries and like just the just shenanigans we knew about is like even crazier with the shenanigans that we didn't know about. Noise's niece, Terza Miller, has a diary that came out like in the 90s. And people were like, this was happening. What? Oh, my God. So, yeah. Oneida community. Vegetarian sex cult. You're welcome. (laughs) I wonder if like, when did it disband? What year? Do you know? Uh, 1880s. They were only really around for like 30 years. Because Noise ends up running to Canada. Because people were like, hey, you can't do free love and, you know, have random children with people. And he was ahead of his time. Ahead of his time. It was like, if it was like the 70s. I think this would have, like, he probably could have gotten away with it. Yeah. And then um, there was a, uh, so he get, gets his son to be in charge of it. And his son's a complete idiot and can't, like, handle it anymore. And so it just kind of all blows up after noise. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I was, I was wondering because you know oral history, but people probably didn't pass that down generations. No, I wish they would have. That'd be such a fun question. Like, you know, Grandma, Grandpa, what'd you do when you were my age? Like, well, <laughs> let me tell you about the time I was in a vegetarian sex cult, kid. Yeah. Gather round. Yes, That'd be a good time. they produced. They actually kicked out. Um, is it Shulgosh? Leon Shulgosh? No, Charles Gateau. They kick out Charles Gateau, who ends up killing Garfield. Holy shit. Neither kills Garfield or McKinley. Can't remember which one. Because they say he's too crazy for them. Wow. Yeah. That was a wild ride. That's a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I found that article I had sent y'all about the um, the book that was bound in human skin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, and the fact that it took this group almost 80 years to get rid of it and it was publicly displayed. I wonder what the preservation aspect is. Like, how do you preserve human flesh when it's been leathered? Like, I'm wondering if it's different than leather or if you treat it the same. Like, I'd be interested. I don't really want to Google that. (laughs) How do you preserve? Leather skin. Yeah, I don't want to Google that. Yeah, no, no. I think but, that up in a Buffalo Bill kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, there's enough of them out there that there has to be some sort of, like, human book historian somewhere. Oh, there has to be. I, yeah. I saw one, I think, last month. Something came up in Google about. I mean, there's a historian for everything. I saw on some TV, it was, like, a pornography historian. And I'm like, okay. Like, where do you sign up for those jobs? <laughs> like, I know. Like, my emphasis was just like, you know, education. They didn't offer anything wild like that. So I don't know. No, you don't get the here's how you handle human skin. <laughs> no, it yeah. puts the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, man, this is derailed. Um, so you have a, or a bachelor's in history. Do you have any minors? Do you have any? My minor was in English. Oh, okay. I kind of specialized in American religious history. Oh, that's so cool. We have things are just so weird in American history. We just, we have just weird things and kind of obsessed with the Tudor England period too. I think, um, I think Anne Boleyn was very wronged in her portrayal throughout history. Oh, me too. I will, that's the hill I will die on. I will die on that hill. I wrote a paper in my church history class last, uh, last year about how she was wronged and she was actually a reformer. And here's why. Yeah. I think she should get more credit for being a reformer. Nobody ever does that. And that makes no, sense. they don't. They don't. Uh, Cardinal Wolsey called her the night hawk. She's the night crow, no, the night crow. And she just, goes in his ear i'm like that's it someone just needs to make like a crow with like the boleyn pearl necklace and like oh, I yeah. that's gonna be the next merch i'm writing that down there you go night crow <laughs> uh he was just intimidated because she was smarter than him oh yeah she was and i think that's probably why henry executed her because he knew that she was smarter and people liked her and he was just yeah like, and the next piece of asked it go follow you know, and he was all about, you, you know, the Tudor dynasty was so, you know, it was taken by force, basically, Henry VII. And then you have Henry VIII's like, well, I got to get a son. Let's do this. And he's going to kill whoever he can to get it. Man, the irony is that he was so obsessed with keeping his only son alive that he never let him be exposed to germs. And mm-hmm. that's probably what killed him. Because he didn't have an immune system. Because they cleaned his room every, like, two hours. Yeah. So afraid he was going to get sick. So the kid was, like, fucked up. (laughs) You gotta have some germs. It makes me think about the Tudors, like, the very last episode of the Tudors. When, like, spoiler alert, sorry if you've not ever seen the Tudors. But, like, (laughs) Jane Seymour comes back and she's like, you've killed my son. You won't let him be a boy. And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's probably the only thing I, I enjoy because they made her a badass. Amelyn's a badass in that show. She was. She's spicy. I liked it. She was. And Catherine of Aragon was even spicy yeah. in that one. I like her too. She's an Outlander. She is. <laughs> that actress. I had All to say. roads lead to Outlander. Because actually I was watching it yesterday after a bunch of meetings to like wind down because my brain hurt and they were talking about bloodletting and I'm like see everything we talk about on the podcast they do on Outlander like, <laughs> it's just meant to be because she was so mad because the dude's appendix burst mm-hmm. and the wife just kept on bloodletting him and giving him mercury and by the time they brought her to her she's like like she couldn't tell the wife you literally just killed him right. I could have saved him and she's like what is wrong with you people <laughs> damn time travel foreknowledge Right. must be hell being a surgeon going back into right before the revolutionary war be like you're all morons do you not know what a germ is seriously yeah but then trying not to be like a witch a witch a witch you know well there was a thing she's trying to do an autopsy to figure out how people are dying to try to save them and she's like i need an apprentice so she brings somebody in and she's like witch she's like you know i'm not a witch jesus science listen <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny Hashtag Jesus science. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you're in seminary. I am. I am. I'm what kind of study is that? What kind of like, classes it's do you Another master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> I have a master's degree in education and higher ed admin. And um, I worked in higher ed for 12 years and then decided to um, follow ministry. So it's a master's of divinity degree that I'm getting now. And then hopefully once it's done, I'll get ordained. So we shall see. Cool. Um, yeah. So um, I've done a lot of church history. I'm in a class right now called the Oxford movement, which is all about the um, Oxford movement within the Anglican church in the 1850s and just how that oh, kind of shook and shaped everything. Um, in another class right now, it's history of Christian worship, which is actually very interesting because you get to see how, you know, everyone has taken these things and like built them and put them together over the years to kind of bring it to where it is and why people do what they do. 
Mm-hmm. So that's um, really, really interesting. If nothing else to give me good trivia later. Fascinating. Yeah, it's really cool. So, yeah. And uh, you haven't blasphemed Frankie, I promise. Um, <laughs> uh, and will you be ordained Episcopal or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's why I have this lovely ash blob on my head. That's what I'm saying. Um, oh, it took me a minute. I'm like, what? I was wondering, like, what is that? But I didn't want to ask. And then I'm, I remember it's Ash Wednesday and it clicked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, and I was like, happy uh, what's on your face day. Because right. yeah, friends posting day. been like, everybody always asks. <laughs> yeah. It, well, and it's like the person who did it, like, didn't do a good cross. It just looks like Mothman just kind of flew into my forehead and like yeah. Or like a Rorschach test. Yeah, it's like, what is it? Is it a horse? Is it a, you know. Um, it's your future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, read the gram. Read the gram. Um, oh, and, uh, yeah, and today's also my birthday. So oh, happy birthday. No, I didn't have any pirates, I promise. Um, oh, well, that's exciting. Yeah, so it's it's really cool. So, um Man, we had Stacy here like the day after her birthday. We have you Mm -hmm. on your birthday. I think we have a theme here. (laughs) And Rachel E, that's one of the Patreoners, she is my classmate. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, like, um, we'll sit next to each other, and I've got the sticker y'all sent me on my laptop, and she's got a sticker on her laptop. And um, we have a, we wear gowns at our, um, on class dress days, and I have the, it's not aliens pin on my gown. And so, <laughs> yeah, we represent very hard. I love Thank that you. so much. <laughs> you guys are the best. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's interesting. It's tough. It's, uh, but it's good. Yeah, I've always been really fascinated with religious history. And for a while when I was doing art history, I wanted to study like Gothic cathedrals and religion. Mm-hmm. Basically, the entire cathedral is built to scare you into not going to hell. It's fascinating. <laughs> it is. And, like, it, the altarpieces, too. Like, when people have the altarpieces built, like, the Ghent altarpiece is one of the scariest altarpieces I've ever seen. And there's a famous theologian, Karl Barth, who had a picture of that over his desk. <laughs> like, like, every day. And I'm like, I, I don't know that I would have that uh, that's the one that was sold by the nazis right yeah and then they um they found it in the museum now yeah um, yeah but like jesus has like really like creepy fingers and it's weird uh, yeah there's a lot of one place i always wanted to go when i go visit my friend in new york was the cloisters and i never got to go uh, and yeah. like, oh, one day one day i'll go to the cloisters well i got to go to the um Oh my god, did I just blank out when it's called? Oh shit. I just forgot what it's called. Par- it's outside of Paris. Oh shit. It's it's the only labyrinth left in the world. Sartre. Yes! Yeah. Jesus Christ, Keenan. I'm <sighs> yeah, it's the only labyrinth. So you would do the path of the labyrinth and it'd be your path to heaven. And they had some mm-hmm. really cool relics in the basement. It was one of the coolest places I've ever been. That was one of the like terrifying like judgment scenes when you walk in through these giant ass doors and and then also that church the entire walls were tiny little sculptures that did the entire book of the Bible so oh, as you wow. go to the church it was just like engravings it was so because nobody could read so you saw it in art so are you doing Lent or are you giving anything up I'm trying to decide because Lent you can either give up. Or take something on. So I've been like, I used to get really nervous about it. Like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I remember one year I gave up Kane's chicken fingers. And that was a very, very hard time for me. (laughs) But um, I don't know yet. Nothing has like really, I thought about giving up makeup. Because I just, one, you know, it's a thing. I spend way too much time on it. And then two, it's like. I could have more time to sleep in the morning. And give your skin a breather. I hear that's good for it. Yeah, and give skin a breath. So I don't, I haven't really decided yet. Long story short, I'm trying to really, 
Yeah, you can take things on for Lent. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard that. I've, I haven't either. I've, I've you can take on the, um, Is it like charity work or volunteer well, stuff? Like, like charity, you know, like it, some people would say like a spiritual practice if you if that's your bag. Um, some people take on like random acts of kindness for Lent. Oh, I like um, that. Things like that. So yeah, you can take things on. It's not always taking something away. So yeah. Yeah. So I haven't, I have a friend who's like, I've quit doing Lent takeaways like years ago. He's like, I'd rather take something on that will be useful to me. You know, try to rack my brain about what to take off. That's really cool. I didn't know that was a thing. You only hear about the giving something up. Yeah. No, you can, you can take something on instead. Most of my friends give up like caffeine or something. I could. I tried it one year. It was it was not pretty. Yeah, I have legit withdrawals. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's I've learned that how angry I become without Diet Coke. I don't want to be that person. It's 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 not great. I've I'm seen just, people like give up meat and like go straight vegan. And I'm like, you can't just jump in and go straight vegan, man. You got to temper that down. <laughs> yeah. There's like yeah. a down thing. So that's interesting to see. Cause you'll see them like come out like all pasty. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. I'm like, go eat a hamburger, please. Right now. This will help. You just got to learn how to eat the right things. Right. I know. And say, or just Google recipes. Like you can. Vegan yeah. is very strict though. I, I do understand there really are some good vegan options, but mm-hmm. I understand like that cold turkeyness. Like, yeah, best to go vegetarian or do a meatless day, an extra meat. I know, mm-hmm. yeah, no meats on Fridays or certain meats, and then um, just have meatless Mondays or or only eat meat at dinner time or something like that. Like that yeah. is more understandable. But yeah, it's funny like seeing what people will will give up or what they'll do and I'm just kind of like you don't have to be that extreme man just like <laughs> you know it's okay that <laughs> show you're dedicated yeah you know this I'm is sure good. Jesus is like simmer down dude <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't the you know the Lynn Olympics right so like you're not going to get a medal at the end of this so <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah you have some of them get really crazy you're like it will in medieval times they fasted and didn't have water and i'm like time out time out no 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 people no. also only lived to 35 exactly and people didn't drink water because it was contaminated with poop and yeah that's also true that's cheating because all they yeah. drink is beer <laughs> right <laughs> or mead yeah i'll drink straight up wine all the time i'm okay with that yeah. There's but actually a mead place here. I just found out they just make really? mead. I tried it. It was really good. It was it was very fruity. It was, it was very good. Yeah, mead is like one of those crazy things that's making a comeback. It's like yeah. cheese and bread, and now it's mead. It's like okay, yeah. what is the next random drink we're gonna bring back? So yeah, it was interesting. It's the first time I've ever seen it be just readily available. Yeah, normally that's a. I've seen it at theme dinners. <laughs> yeah, it's a winery and then a mead. Some I forgot what they call it—a mead place, but cool. Probably not mead place, mead factory. I don't know, but yeah, it's they're right next to each other. <laughs> Same people. They are the people that if I get this bed and breakfast, I want to partner with them to have unlimited mead. That's my plan. That's my. And the ghosts will probably be happy about the mead. Y'all buying a business is hard. I've had like five meltdowns and like three panic attacks, and now I'm I'm frustrated because banks. <laughs> why won't anybody give me just a million dollars? Just do it. Just give it to me. Why 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 do you need my firstborn? I don't understand. Right. Weird. Oh. That's how my week's been going. That's fun. <laughs> Trying so hard. I'm so far in this now that I can't not get it. <laughs> Because there's a lot of people that are like, you'll never get it. So now I'm just determined to prove everybody wrong. But it's also, yeah, I'm poor. So, you know. I'd have to be at least 37% occupancy throughout the year to not go broke. So, so everybody, please come stay. <laughs> I'll give you a discount. 
There you go. I'll cook you breakfast and hang out with you. <laughs> Please <come today. laughs> We'll oh. have historical AF ghost hunts. Yeah, we can all have a sleepover in the basement because that's apparently where all the ghosts are. Oh, okay. Although the irony, I don't think I told you guys this. So the only door to the basement is in the owner suite right next to the bed. And I'm like, who's who wants to sleep next to a haunted basement door? Not me. I'm not sleeping. <laughs> not doing it. See can be over there. He don't believe. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope, 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 nope. It's really creepy. Although I didn't feel creepy. It's really nice. But it's apparently got a lot of ghost stories. If you YouTube it, there's all these like EVP and the current owner, her little girl was in the suite. So there's two suites that were like, you have like a living area and then you have the rooms. And she said her little girl just kept talking at a wall. And she's like, who are you talking to? She's like, oh, the little boy over there. That's cool. Anyway, this is going really long. But Marie, it was so nice meeting you and seeing your ashy face. (laughs) (laughs) And happy, happy, happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. I, I hope really enjoyed all your talks about history and religious yeah. history. And oh, I just, I've loved picking your brain. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, I hope I this was a good birthday thing to uh, oh, good It was. It was. Versus I, like, oh, why is this happening? <laughs> we had a quiet day today where I couldn't talk all day. It had like a retreat thing. And so I've been like, I need to talk to people. Perfect. <laughs> I can't love it. Fun. I do love your accent. It's awesome. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little crazy. Uh, um, I joke that I have an inner trailer park, and her name is Shasta. Oh, I love and it. Shasta Perfect name. The uh, accent, because you know it's it's nuts. But yeah, no, thank you so much for um, having me on. I love the show, and I'm just glad to be able to be here. Oh, um, <laughs> awesome! You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, we will probably have you back soon because once Yay! we get through the rounds, we'll have you guys back I guess, a second time. Yeah, we'll do it again. Do Just keep two. rotating. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a plan. Oh, yes, but yeah, keep us uh, up to date with all the stuff that you're doing. I will. I will. Yes, please. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. <gasps> okay, bye. Oh, goodbye. <laughs>